Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. Show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Halt and Catch Fire. Today we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 5, titled Extract and Defend. Uh, Okay, so, bunch of stuff going on in this episode. Lot to talk about here. Uh, First and foremost, mutiny. Things are going well there. Everything's fine. They're starting to bounce back. Community's expanding more and more and more and more and more. Uh, Cameron and Tom are hard at work on their new game, and they're also having their own little relationship on the side, uh, sneaking out together, uh, hiding in Cameron's room, uh, flirting over the Terminator, which, okay, how freaking poetic is it that Mackenzie Davis... Just a few years ago, because I think season two was like 2015 or something like that. How poetic is it that in 2015, Mackenzie Davis was in a series in which her character flirts with someone over the Terminator. And then, just a few years later, fast forward to 2019... She is in a freaking Terminator movie that is coming out in a matter of months. Jesus, like, you can't write that shit. It's just too perfect. Like, holy crap. Like, how far Mackenzie Davis has come. That, that beautiful, talented, and also beautiful woman. Sorry, I was in my own little world for a second. Uh, (laughs) I was in my own little world being creepy towards Mackenzie Davis. Uh, So, everything's going well there. Uh, Donna's coming up with, like, a new functionality for Mutiny Community uh, involving the possibility of online dating because Lev sort of started flirting with some dude on uh on the chat and by the way i love this moment where lev is like talking about hey i found some guy and i'm flirting with him and it's like hiding it from everyone and everyone's like ooh lev lev found a dude and then boz noticed like it just came in late and it's like hey lev you're it looks like you're talking to a fella and Les is like, yeah. And then it's just this moment of silence for a second. And then Boz is like, oh, oh, uh, well, that's, that, that's fine. I have a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> just this old man, like, trying to express support, but not really understanding this at all. Like, 
being extremely well-intentioned, but also noticeably uncomfortable because he's never really, like, he's just not sure how to respond to this. <laughs> it's really funny. It's really funny to see Boz in, like, this awkward old man position of, like, yeah, that's yeah, fine. I, I got a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. It's so funny. Uh, but everything's going perfectly. This is a long-winded way of saying everything's going perfectly at mutiny. Until Donna talks to Gordon and asks him, Hey, that West Group deal you got us? Uh, who's your contact over there? Because we kind of want to have a meeting with them and establish a deal in writing because it kind of sounds too good to be true. And then Gordon's like, oh, yeah, 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 that's cool. It's, uh, sorry, what? Sorry, what? Joe McMillan. That's not actually how the scene goes. <laughs> but it would have probably been funnier if they did it that way. Uh, the way they actually do it is Gordon just says, yeah, my contact uh, is Joe. And Donna just turns around and is like, I'm sorry, Joe who? And then they cut to the opening title sequence, which is actually a pretty funny cutaway. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but anyway, Joe... And Cameron now have to have a sit-down for multiple reasons. First off, they need to establish a deal in writing. They need to legitimize it. And also, Joe now has to pitch his mainframe thing to Jacob Wheeler, to his future father-in-law. And Jacob's like, yeah, I want to meet with Mutiny. I want to meet that. I never make a deal with anyone without looking them in the eye. So Joe now has to arrange a sit-down between Jacob and Cameron. Now, obviously, given that Joe is Cameron's ex and a generally poisonous human being, this immediately causes problems. Cameron flips the F out as soon as Donna tells her, just eviscerating her room. And kind of telling off pretty much everyone. And kind of alienating herself. Uh, and at one point, she and Boz have a talk. And Boz is like, look, I know you hate Joe. I also hate him. He's a terrible person. I want to punch him in the balls as much as ever anybody. But this is the best thing for Mutiny right now. And I don't trust anyone to get a read on Joe more than you. And you got Joe right where you want him. Like, he wants forgiveness. So you could take advantage of that for yourself. And if you don't like what you see, kill him. <laughs> Just murder him right in the office. <laughs> I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> So, Joe and Cameron have this sit-down. Oh, by the way, Joe also tells his fiance that, like, hey, this is happening. 
And she's like, yeah, you know how this looks, right? You're you're going behind my father's back supporting your ex-girlfriend. That looks bad. That looks really, really bad, dude. Just... Nah. But she, like, tries to put up the facade of the supporting girlfriend. She tries to help him along, nudge him along, be the rock he needs at this, like, big, big, big gamble. And... This meeting happens, and it goes really, really well. Uh, like, Jacob likes what he sees, he likes what they're doing, uh, he's totally fine with putting them on the network, like, he sees the potential, he understands the interface, like, he's just, he establishes a nice rapport with Cameron, like, seems to genuinely respect what she's trying to do, like, it, by all accounts, goes well. And then Cameron and Joe go into the parking garage, and Cameron's like, Yeah, you know, I was, like, angry and kind of scared when I heard you came back into my life, but then I realized, like, I'm not the Mark. He's the Mark, isn't he? You're trying to get in good with him. You're trying to screw over him and not me. And Joe's like, No, no, that's not what I'm trying to do. And Cameron actually says, and I love this, I can't tell if you know you're lying. <laughs> like, this has kind of become so second nature to Joe that, like, Cameron can see, looking outside in, you're definitely lying. I'm just not sure if you know that. Like, it's so second nature that Joe's just, like, manipulating and lying and cheating without him even knowing it. Like, it's just an automatic process for him. And then Cameron meets the fiancé. And it's super awkward. And the fiancé is like, hey! Yeah, screw you, asshole. I love the moment where Cameron leaves and then she just shoves this bottle of wine in Joe's face. Like, drink this. <laughs> it's like you could tell like it's this passive aggressive motion where it's just like yeah not not great things are happening in that relationship uh and this whole meeting this whole ordeal kind of blows up both of uh their fairy tale lives both joe and cameron's fairy tale lives uh cameron starts to go into a bit of a spiral just snapping at people. Uh, at one point, Boz like starts making some changes, some cold business decisions, and Cameron goes to Boz and is like, "Hey, what are you doing? You're messing with things. I don't like it. St like, stop changing mutiny. Mutiny is mine." And I find it very interesting that halfway through this season. Which was teased in the finale as Cameron starting mutiny. Back in the finale of season one, Cameron said, 
and I quote, This isn't my thing. It's our thing. Half a season later, Cameron says, It's mine. It belongs to everyone unless you do something that I don't like. Sort of this hypocritical nature that I don't even think she caught. She started this idealistic. And then midway through this whole process sort of ditched her ideals when she just like had her resolve tested so many times just in the last few episodes uh, with the hacks and Sonaris and now Joe. And it's such a great moment. Like, it is really a window into Cameron's... Cameron's persona that she tries to put out to everyone. This idealistic nature. And this jaded person that she actually is under duress. It's this great little... Deeper dive into Cameron in just two words. And by the way, the thing specifically that Boz does, I should mention, uh, he kicks out someone who hasn't been paying and is annoying. Uh, he replaces a chair. And he is unable to pay for dinner for his date. And borrows money from Cameron. So... Ba's not exactly, uh, Ba's not exactly living a consistent lifestyle at the moment. Very much on his ups and downs right now. And Joe has his fiance say to him, Yeah, I think we should slow down. I think we should slow down. This is moving too fast. Uh, I'm going back to Austin for a bit. So his fiance leaves him. Womp womp. So yeah, Joe and Cameron just pretty much effed over each other. That's fun. Oh, also there's the tiny little subplot. It, it, it's kind of, like it's almost inconsequential really. I don't even... I don't even think I really need to bring it up, but I'm going to do it anyway. Just like this, this tiny little thing under the surface. Uh, Gordon has brain damage. Gordon has literal brain damage. Um. So, yeah. Through a combination of being exposed to iron soldering and also... Cocaine. He has suffered some significant brain damage. And is having, like, some mental symptoms of mood swings and all that. Uh, Having some physical symptoms of, you know, passing out in the middle of working on a mainframe. Remember that in the last episode? And just generally, just generally, generally feeling like crap. All this has been brain damage, and 
it is quite possible he's had this for a while, but the symptoms are accelerating, and it's getting worse. Also, there's no treatment. So now Gordon is is a brain-damaged man. Is a brain-damaged man who has had his life irrevocably effed over, irrevocably changed. And he now has to live with this deficiency. And he spends the entire episode, like, trying to deal with it. Trying to reconcile with it uh, in an amazing way. Uh, He tries to weasel his way into spending more time with Donna, but Donna keeps... Blowing him off. Like, yeah, I got work to do. I got work to do. I got a lot of mutiny right now. I got work to do. Uh, so that kind of fails. He goes to a club and yells out at some girl, I have brain damage. I think I'm dying. Uh, he wants to spend time with the girls. And it's like, hey, we'll do whatever we want. We'll do whatever we want. What do you want? And they're like, Let's go to Grandma and Grandpa's house. Which is sort of this slap in the face. Uh, He has a nice sit-down with his mother-in-law, who at the end of their delightful conversation is like, Hey, you got money now. Um, We put about $22,000, $23,000 into the Symphonic. You want to pay us back for that one? So we can't even have that. Everyone's just sort of blowing him off. He's trying to have cathartic moments. He's trying to have nice spending time with people. And it's all kind of crumbling. By the way, the girls are playing like an early release of the Nintendo. Which... (laughs) Oh boy... Now we're speaking my language. (laughs) The gaming era. The gaming consoles era. Yay! Uh, But yeah, Gordon has literal brain damage. That is a thing that's happening. Oh, I totally almost forgot. Uh, He calls his brother and is like, Hey, uh, I can come and visit you. Bring the kids, if that's cool. And the brother's like, yeah, sure, we'd love to have you. So Gordon's basically just going to go back home is what's happening here. Oh my god, this... I've been waiting to talk about this. I've been waiting to talk about this brain damage plotline. The moment Gordon finds out he is brain damaged, it is so utterly heartbreaking. It really is. It is just soul-crushing in the most visceral way possible. Because this is just a man who started off the show down on his luck, down on his luck, down on his luck, down on his luck. Now he's gotten everything he's wanted. He's being good dad. He's being good husband. Uh, He has this big payout from Cardiff. Uh, He's just doing so well. And then... Brain damage. And he's basically being told uh, something inside of you is broken. It can never be fixed. You're now just going to have to live with it. Ugh. Ugh. 
my heart. My heart. It's so soul crushing. I, I cannot wait to dive deeper into this because, oh boy, this is the moment. This is the moment where Gordon's character, I think, really took off. Not to say he wasn't compelling before because he absolutely was. But, like, this just takes him to another level as just, like, the most heartbreaking character uh, that really leaves this, like, lingering sensation of just pain and frustration and heartbreak. Like, it's... He's... He's such an amazing, tragic character. And this is really the start of the true elements of that tragedy. Oh, also, Boz notices some pregnancy test bits in the trash and mistakes it for Cameron's and confronts Donna about it and is like, yeah, no, that's not Cameron's. That that was mine. So that's happened. Man, this is an episode of Boz being an idiot. Boz is stupid. Boz is a stupid, stupid man. <laughs> uh, hey, we're halfway through the season. So yeah, we got another this to get through, another five episodes to get through, uh, and then we're done with season two, and then we'll be halfway done with the series. Man, Halton gets fired. This discussion's going by real fast. I mean, I know I'm kind of fast-forwarding sections with Double Archive Tuesday because... Uh, there's going to be a lot of days where I just can't record an episode, but still. We're going by pretty fast through this thing. I can't wait to get into certain other plot lines. Oh boy, this season, specifically this season, is only going to get better. And it's already kind of amazing. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here. Every single Monday through Friday, as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark. Pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Uh, Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 2, Episode 6. Talk to you then.